Welcome, Welcome to, to Qual Party. Party. <laughs> I'm Adrian. This is Kristen. Uh, and you are officially listening to season two. Season two. Um, wow. So I feel like since we complain so much about how hot it is, it's only fair to say that it's the coldest day of the winter so far on season two. It's unfortunately cold, um, but kind of cool because now we don't have to skimp out on skating to do this. Yes. No one's skating right now. (laughs) I think even indoor spots are too cold to skate right now. I literally don't think I've seen more than 10 people, like, pass my window today. Yeah. Except in a car. Um, so, it's been four months. Four months. It seems I like literally so long counted ago. on my hands twice to figure Just... out four, in case everyone was wondering. I, like, truly cr- like can't believe that we stopped recording this only four months ago. I feel like I so much has, like, happened. So much then. has happened, in including a new way. year. It's 2019 now. Yeah. Amazing. I, th- <laughs> I think, uh... 2018 really treated us well, women yeah. skateboarding well. Um, yeah. Sorry. So thank you for uh, sticking with us. Yeah, truly, thank you for sticking with us. I think, like, honestly, in the past month or month and a half since we've, or, like, past recording the podcast and letting it, like, settle, I feel like we've heard so much amazing and cool feedback about yeah. it, and that's, like, a very validating thing, so we don't have to just listen to ourselves talk into... A microphone all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, what have we been up to? I mean, we had such a great event at Second Nature. Shout out to the Majestic Skate Crew. Yes. And uh, Ruthless Ruthie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the cutest person ever. She really is just, like, so full of positive energy. And I don't know how old she is, like, 11 maybe? I want to say 9. Wow, that's possible, too. She just seems so... I can't mature. really gauge how young people are, but... Ruthie, I'm sorry for not knowing your age, because <laughs> you're probably going to hear this. Um, but, honestly, like, her energy and, you know, all the other, like, Grit and Grace girls and everyone yeah. that came up um, really made everyone feel super supportive. There were a lot of first drop-ins that day. Yeah. There were girls from all different levels, girls from Connecticut, New mm-hmm. Jersey, I think maybe even Pennsylvania... Um, and obviously yeah. New York came through for that, so that was just a really awesome showing of, like, what you can do with the power of the internet yeah, and the power real. of community. Um, I don't think Second Nature's ever seen that many girls at yeah. their skate They're park in one day. at least 45 girls, like, yeah. so many people, and that was of all ages and all levels, too, which is so fun. Yeah, so that was probably our... One of our favorite meetups. I can't pick no, I a favorite one. <laughs> and I, like, fortunately, we're going to definitely be doing more stuff with them in the future, too. So yeah. if you liked that or missed out, we, we've, we've got, got more. I'll personally um, be driving a van. So. Adrian's going to drive a van of Second Nature, I think, in February. So stay tuned for that. Yes. And um, I think we're also going to be releasing kind of like a calendar of events mm-hmm. coming soon. Mm-hmm. So this way... It'll all be in one place, and you guys can plan for it, we can plan for it, and yes. hopefully we all actually make it there and have yes. fun. Speaking of winter, it's just nice to, like, reach out and figure out how we can still be doing this in the colder months. Like, yeah. I really, I always think about this when people are like, wouldn't you ever move to California and do cool stuff there? Like, maybe, but it's really cool to see how this community works 
when you really have to like figure out how yeah. to skate. Totally. Or not I how, think it uh where. Yeah, it really tests your commitment to skateboarding and like I no way would I ever judge someone for like just calling it out for the winter yeah. and just like right. coming back in in the spring cuz <laughs> it's rough and when you hit the ground on the in the cold it's a oh. lot it's a different kind of fall and I just think that like you never really feel warmed up when you skate in like 30 degree weather and no. like any th- I'm not skating below 30 degrees personally but I've no. seen people do it and I'm very impressed. I saw someone the other day skating down the street and I think it was like 17 degrees. Sometimes I'll skate as transportation when it's cold out because I'm just like I'm just getting there faster. Like I know That's that the fair. wind's colder but I'd rather bear like colder wind and yeah. get just through it faster yeah than walking somewhere could not agree more um <laughs> especially if it's downhill because then it's like fuck it yeah um but then if you have to push a lot too it like warms you up anyway i don't know we're getting getting uh getting... distracted yeah. <laughs> um well since we last uh recorded an episode of quell party we have released our third issue of our magazine fuck yeah Woo! um I'm so excited. This issue has been my favorite, and they get better and better to me, at least, like, as designing them as it goes on. Like, the submissions we got were absolutely amazing, and, like, the people that we heard their stories from and, like, just connected with this issue, I feel like it's been so cool. Yeah. I really love the stories, especially... um, I think what's really cool about... This magazine, too, especially since I've started paying a lot more attention to other zines Mm -hmm. through doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, For everyone listening, Issues 3 is the first one that I actually helped out with. with Yes. Yes. So um, (laughs) it's a new venture for me completely. And I think I really love just how special it feels, like, the binding's different than most skate zines. It's a little yeah. bit like an art piece as well mm-hmm. as like an exposure kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like I love Definitely. like DIY culture and obviously that's always going to be part of skateboarding. But there's sure. something very like finessed about the Quell magazines that's like yeah. all Adrian's oh, like design you. aesthetic <laughs> that yeah. I think's really cool and... Um, artistic, yeah. you know, like that definitely a... was my intention too. Like making sure. Ooh, I hate when that happens when you whistle through your teeth. Oh, I didn't even hear it. Um, <laughs> I can't do it again. I don't but... even know how to whistle. I almost like meowed instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like I, I think obviously, like in the world of skateboarding, there's like magazines that women obviously are not featured in as much, and the whole and like I think. The format of ours, like, I think gives it a lot more validity. It's easier to get into as someone who doesn't skateboard, Mm -hmm. and I think that's an even cooler and bigger part of the visibility that just kind of pushes people to get more involved in the community. Like, even if you've had a little bit of an interest in it, like, this kind of opens a door for someone who might not be as familiar. And maybe even just people who, like, really like magazines or, like, the drawings or the story aspect of it. Um, The parents. Yes. One of my favorite things (laughs) from the Second Nature meetup that we did was a dad of a daughter who was, like, somewhere between 7 and 10 years old. 
Hi, Wednesday. You might hear the cat meow. Yeah, there's a lot of cat meow in this episode. You'll hear later, but... Um, um, yeah, oh, oh. so, um, the dad of this daughter at the Second Nature event came up to me and said, Oh, yeah. Um, I just, you know, I really love your magazine. When's the next issue coming out? <laughs> I bought my daughter Thrasher magazine. Have you heard of it? And he was like, That's, that was the best thing I've ever heard in my life. He, like, whispered it like it was, like, a curse word. And he was just like, yeah, there's just, like, not a lot of girls in it. And, like... There's lots of stuff about, like, drugs and yeah. drinking and, like, just not appropriate for her. So I thought it was, like, cool that we have, like, yeah, like, sometimes maybe at our parties uh, we may yeah. not be as wholesome. But I think that it's cool to have this, like, wholesome representation that kind of encompasses a lot of people and age groups mm-hmm. and interests and values. Yeah, definitely. Because, like... And I feel like we talked about this a lot, actually, last season, like, and I think our guest, which we'll get into later, um, talks about it, but skateboarding is changing and has been constantly, and, like, you don't need to party, or, like, Mm -hmm. like, skateboarding doesn't necessarily need to be, like, in the negative connotations about, like, drinking or doing too many drugs, and, like, you can exist in this world without that culture, and I'm glad we, for the most part, can bring that. Totally. I mean, our parties are 21 plus for, for a reason. That's okay. Um, awesome. So if you <laughs> haven't checked out the magazine, um, you can visit our website yes. or you can visit a store if you're in New York. Yeah, there's uh, four retail locations. And actually, I will say we are completely sold out of issue two, but I think one of the retail locations, Office Newsstand on Canal Street, has two issues of issue two left, but you can get it at Office Magazine's newsstand, KCDC Skate Shop, Cult Party, or both of the McNally Jackson locations. What? Adrian just put her advertisement voice <laughs> on like, for that, I need to and I really list. appreciate it because it's so and nice. <laughs> I was just like, you know when you're, like, you're going to introduce yourself, to, or you're introducing a friend to, like, a big group of people, and, like, you have to name everyone in the group? Yeah. I always miss someone, or, like, that's my moment where I'm going to forget, like, my best friend's name, and in that <laughs> moment, I'm just like, wait, 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 so that's just what happened. That happens to me whenever I encounter anyone, whether I've known them for 10 years or 10 minutes, I'm like, oh my god, I have to introduce them to someone and I don't remember their name. <laughs> I remember their name every other time, but now that I have to introduce them, I, I'm blanking. You're like, here we go. It's out. It's over. Well, it's like I saw you at our office and I literally... We, I was so thrown off by the fact that you were there and that I was like, I know this person and I'm very confused about this context. And I like almost forgot who you were. I was like, what? What is happening We only to me? speak constantly. It's fine. Yeah, I was like, I just texted you and then got up from my desk and saw you in real life and was confused. <laughs> Um, cool. So, in the skateboarding world. (laughs) So, moving on. um, My personal lives. Uh, Another fun thing that happened during our hiatus was Mm the SLS World Championships in Brazil. Yes, yes. Um, Super stoked to see... I feel like I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, but Aori Nishimura, I believe it is. Just to see her win, 17 mm-hmm. years old, from yeah. Japan. I'm not sure if she ever um, competed until this year. Yeah, I And she just, like, 
went for that lip slide on that high rail after she saw um, Letitia go for, mm-hmm. I think, the board slide. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to one-up you. And that just was so sick. Yeah. I think that that, like, took the whole competition to the next level when I watched that. And just seeing all of the girls compete at their, like, super high level was just incredible to see. It was so cool to see how many people how many women were in the contest alone and that's just the best of the best like yeah that's just I don't know it was it was heartwarming it was um dramatic at times (laughs) like I I had so many emotions (laughs) I remember seeing your text and I was like I'm not at my house yet (laughs) (laughs) um and Aori hopefully that is how we pronounce her name but we'll probably figure it out um, there's also a bunch of photos of her and friends on our blog from the Tokyo... Yeah. Why am I blanking on what that's called? The, the Skate Exchange. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, that, um, in Tokyo. Yeah, Hannah. Hannah... Why? What's wrong with me? Hannah from Neon Stash was yes. the one who, um, I believe, organized and or sent us the photos. Yeah, and she's definitely sent us the photos, and I think she was part of organizing the Skate Exchange, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. Um, she also has a new magazine coming out. Yes. It's Osoko. Yes. Yes. And Lizzie's <laughs> on the cover, and I love what they're doing on their Instagram right now, which is... I love it. ...highlighting all of, like, the female trailblazers in the history of skateboarding and giving, like a little mini bio in the caption so like yeah. definitely go check out definitely. their instagram and their zine i actually met up with hannah in our hiatus i like can't oh. believe i forgot that that happened in the it did in the timeline amazing yeah hannah was so awesome um she's from ireland which was shocking to me when i met her because i was like wait when you meet people from the internet and you're like you oh wait you have a she's full accent like, <laughs> this is but the coolest person and uh she actually ended up t- talking to me about this podcast and a bunch of other things about our magazines and mm-hmm. recording me a little, so who knows where that's going to be, but yeah. that could be a podcast inception. Yeah, that, uh, would, that would be rad. Yeah. We should get that's Hannah so funny. I just, like, thought about that when, you, when <laughs> I was like, oh, I did see you, and I did meet you, the nicest person, and yeah. Hannah, actually, one of the cool things, we should definitely get her on the podcast, because I, we're like... One of the cool things about her, which reminds me of our guest, which I keep saying that, but we'll talk about that in three seconds, um, (laughs) is that Hannah was, like, being a skate photographer from the start and was talking to me a little bit about that and, like, just being in the place where no one else was. Like, even SLS, for Mm -hmm. example, like, was one of the only photographers. So the relationship she's built with, like, everyone in skateboarding Mm -hmm. has been so cool because there really haven't been that many... Or there wasn't that many women photographers when she was doing it, so yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, um, she's rad. Her yeah. photography's amazing too. Yeah, please, yeah, check her stuff out. Um, so speaking of Tokyo, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, oh my god, the Olympics wow, is a thing. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. And I guess Tokyo is trending now. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo is trending. That's so interesting, actually. I mean. That's not the correlation. The Olympics was picked forever, but it's interesting that skateboarding is, like, at least being highlighted in Tokyo, and this is the first year. Yeah, I think that, um, I'm not super familiar with skate culture in Tokyo, but I, like, went there, like, pretty, like, I want to say close to 10 years ago, and there were definitely, like, cool skate shops and, like, some skate culture happening, um... I think, like, female skateboarding, especially on longboards in Japan, has, happen- has been happening yeah. for a while. There, 
I always mention that's the only <laughs> acceptable form of longboarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like, that was like the only cool part about the Vogue Skate Week was the one video they made with that super sick longboarder. Yeah, so I think that like, <laughs> I think just generally too, um, the skateboarding that I see coming out of Asian, Asian countries mm-hmm. is like really pure and awesome and cool. And of course, Tokyo would kind of like take the forefront of that just being like yeah. a super like rich and powerful country. Yeah. And, people have more access to things it's you know life but um life life yeah it is kind of cool to see that like obviously Aori taking the forefront and then yeah it's so funny um watching SLS finals I was with my boyfriend his friend um and they kept asking me like who's that skateboarder who's that skateboarder in the women's division Mm -hmm. like obviously I knew who they all were and then we flipped to the men's division and I didn't realize like how focused I am on women's skateboarding through this and just through, like, my natural, like, Mm -hmm. excitement about seeing people who represent something that looks like me. Um, I didn't know who half the men were. And there was a Japanese guy who competed in that who's, like, kind of known for, like, just, like, crushing contests. He didn't even... He didn't place in the final three, but apparently it was, like, the worst that he's done. But, again, point is, (laughs) lots of people coming up in Japan. So it is kind of cool to see that happening just naturally in skateboarding and then skateboarding entering the olympics when it happens to be in japan yeah that is my point (laughs) full circle good good point (laughs) and i texted kristen this but to me like weird isn't the right context but it was so just like so i was so shocked when i saw that lizzie armanto was representing finland in the (laughs) olympics because i was just like it not in a bad way shocked but i didn't even think about the fact that skateboarders were like announcing what countries they yeah. were going to be riding for like that to me not it, it just was so like oh this is really real and this is really gonna happen yeah. and that's pretty like a cool thing to see i think that there nope. are so yeah. many feelings about skateboarding being in the olympics i think one of them kind of wondering how it can be judged is a big thing that people have been mm-hmm. going around, but, um, you know, I feel like yeah. seeing SLS and other skate competitions, like, it is what it is. I can't imagine it being much different than that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of weird, but I, what really kind of, like, gets me thinking is I'm so entrenched in skateboarding, and it's something just, like, so obvious in my life, but remembering that there are people who may have never seen someone skateboard ever yeah. that are watching the Olympics. Yeah. And they'll see that there. Yeah. That's, like, wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking what about. What I was going to say was um, when I spoke to Courtney from Girls Riders Organization, she was, like, a really big part in um, planning and, like, organizing parts of, like, the Olympics. I, she was being kind of vague, and I think probably for a reason yeah. that I will find out eventually. But it was really interesting to like hear and I agreed with her from this standpoint that like skateboarding in the Olympics and like what you said if you it it just brings the visibility and Mm -hmm. the interest to it more than ever yeah to the point where like it hopefully is going to bring more opportunities for people for everyone yeah um, I think also what might be cool to see come out of it from a personal like selfish (laughs) standpoint is better quality skate parks made by skate 
skateboarding and like yeah. skate park building companies yeah. rather than like let's say the New York City Parks Department. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes so much sense. You know, just like making sure it's safe, making sure it's interesting, making sure it can accommodate the demand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that would be really cool. You know, being a, being fortunate enough to travel and skate. Um, I've been to so many places which have warmer climates so I under and like right. more area um and I just get to see like all the like cool mm-hmm. skating bowls and yeah. ramps and like just like different levels that people create so it'll be cool to see that kind of like less um centra like centralized yeah. locations where like skateboarding is really big and like yeah. seeing it and like smaller areas would be really cool yeah that's actually one of the things she spoke to me about too a bit was that like with the tony hawk foundation Mm -hmm. and the olympics like combined they're building like crazy amounts of parks and stuff so i think that'll be cool just like to see Mm -hmm. that progression if you guys don't follow along the tony hawk foundation's instagram also i love just like checking in on that instagram and just seeing the different parks that they're helping build they really go through the whole process of like talking to the community boards and, like, That's really, so like, awesome. getting all of the politicians and the people who live in the community on board and help educate people on, like, what a skate park is, like, how yeah. it can help the community. And then yeah. they help people get grants and money to help yeah. build the skate parks and also help, like, filter in, like, the right people to build them and plan them, <laughs> right. which is also important. Yes. So, really that cool. That is really cool. Um, speaking right. of skate parks. Yes. A new indoor one in New Jersey. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We're sponsoring a girls' skate session um, in Frito, at the Freedom Skate Park in New Jersey on the 9th of February. Yeah. Skate with us. Follow along on Instagram. Yeah, we'll post the flyer. We'll post the flyer. It's 11 to 2 p.m. Um, just all levels skate sesh. And we're going to be giving out some Quell merch as some prizes along with a couple other sponsors. Grit and Grace, I believe, is another sponsor as well. So. Yeah. Ooh, and speaking of Quell events, <laughs> um, I'm really excited for this. We are having a Valentine's Day party with Tiny Hat Skate Life. <laughs> it's a Tiny Heart Skate Life party at Carmelo's in Bushwick. So it's another 21 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, no actual skateboarding will be happening, mm-hmm. at least not indoors. Feel free to... Uh, <laughs> Skate Maria Hernandez, yeah. skate to the bar yeah. beforehand. Um, I might skate Maria Hernandez before then. It's supposed if, to be like 45 degrees. If it's not too week. cold yet. Well, who knows we'll what see. February yeah. has to hold, but, um, but hopefully it'll be warm enough to like do a little pre sesh. But either way, um, definitely more of like a Palentine's, Galentine's vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, bring your friends. We're going to have like a little valentine station for us to create like our own valentines to give people the day after or even at the party there i don't Um, know if we mentioned this but it's february 13th also so it's the day before and the big announcement i think is that tiny hat skate life will be releasing their very first merch drop so i'm excited I don't know if if they announced what it is yet, so I'm just going to leave it at that and let you follow Tiny Hat if you don't already. Yeah, Um, please do. It's hilarious. They're awesome. Um, 
Yeah, I cool. believe they're going to remain anonymous for the event, so you'll for, see forever. me behind the merch table. But <laughs> um, come out and say hello. Along with all of the exciting updates and growth that Qual has been seeing, we found a sponsor for this podcast episode. Um, we just want to shout out Queen of Swords. It's mm-hmm. a hair salon in Bushwick, and they specialize in low-maintenance hair styles. Um, I get my hair, like, double-processed there, Mm -hmm. Um, and for some reason it hasn't fallen out of my head yet, so I have to say (laughs) they're doing a great job. They're doing an amazing job. Um, They're super inclusive to all genders and all different types of lifestyles, and they can totally, like, sort you out for whatever your needs are. I think um, it's really awesome that they are a local company owned by women Mm -hmm. and they want to support women skateboarding. So definitely check them out. I will shortly be making an appointment. (laughs) Surely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. On this episode, our very special guest is Miss Amelia Brodka. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very excited that we're interviewing her personally because I... But I I think she was one of the main reasons, truly, that I started Quell. Like, seeing uh, Underexposed and everything she did with Exposure, like, really caught my attention to the fact that when I started researching Quell and, like, developing my idea around it, it was about, like, 2016, which is weird to think that that was, like, three years ago, but... The women's goddamn. I just made like a silent response of just like holy shit. Yeah, (laughs) and like I, I truly think even three years ago, women's skateboarding obviously is not in the same place that it's been, and her idea of just bringing this visibility and that there are so many women skateboarders, um, but you just don't see them was so Mm -hmm. important to me. I mean, I'm summarizing like a long career of doing a lot of other things which we'll talk about <laughs> but that specifically was so inspirational to me and she's so awesome so yeah. uh we got to call in with her from california and hear about her life which was really cool yeah so uh so here we go yeah. welcome to call party we have Amelia Brodka as our guest, our first guest of our second season. Woo! <laughs> Hooray! I'm yeah. so happy to be here. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks for reaching out. Thank of you course. for taking the time to talk with us. Um, this is a phone interview, mm-hmm. so the audience <laughs> listening knows. Yes. <laughs> we have really upgraded our technology, so I'm excited to be able to talk to people that aren't exactly in front of us, because it gives us a lot of range on our guests and who we get to speak to in this community, so it's exciting. Where are you based right now, Amelia? This the uh, California. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. How long have you lived in California? I moved out here, uh, uh, quote unquote, for college. But that was like the excuse to move out yeah. here for skateboarding. Definitely. Uh, let's see. I that learned was probably about like that 2008. Today. Wow, I'm old. No. Okay. That was a while ago. <laughs> cool. So you're like an official Californian at this point. Uh, well, I mean. <laughs> I went back to Jersey for the holidays and almost froze my fingers off yes. in 40-degree weather, so oh unfortunately, 
uh, my blood has thinned to the point that, yes, I, I must just be a Californian. Okay. Yeah. Uh-oh. So you're from Jersey? I'm from Poland, actually. Okay. Um, I grew up there, and my whole family is from there. Um, and we had the opportunity to come to the States when I was about eight years old. Oh. And uh, I was told we were going on summer vacation, and I thought that we were going to run around with uh, crocodiles in the jungle and I was going to have like a giant parrot that sat on my shoulder because clearly that's the American dream so yes obviously (laughs) so long story short I'm from Poland yeah wow yes did you already speak English when you moved here or did you have to learn as a no I didn't speak any English at all and at first my parents were working all day while we were just in the apartment in New Jersey and I distinctly remember trying to go get ice cream one day because I saw my brother came home with ice cream and I thought it was magic because I'm like how do you get ice cream without communicating with humans yeah right and he had taught himself some English through uh Muzzy so Uh he kind of was ahead of the game um (laughs) And he was basically the one that would communicate for my whole family. Yeah. And, you know, in a very big brother-like fashion, he was like, oh, I just went in and asked for a cone. And I'm like, oh, cool, I can do that, I can do that. <laughs> and I, I walked down the street to Carvel, one fly cream shop, and uh, I just said, can I have a cone? <laughs> I and love that. Like, the guy, like, looks at me, and he probably asked me what size or what flavor yeah. And I just panicked. I was like deer in headlights. Right. And I'm staring at him. And I'm like, is he getting me an ice cream? I don't understand. He's not moving. He's just saying things. Right. Staring at me. And then eventually he kind of got tired of watching me not answer him. Right. And he just like went into the back. And I just stood there. Oh, no. And it just felt like so long. And I was just looking at all of the flavors. And they all looked so magical. Oh, and it no. It was a very hot and humid day in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and I just realized that my efforts were futile. And oh. I turned around and I left. And I just went home. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, a couple weeks later, my parents said, hey, so uh, you're going to go to school. And I was like, wait, I, like, aren't we going to go home? Right. I don't need, I don't speak English. Like, what is happening? <laughs> and then they just looked at me and said, "Well, we thought you would try school here." Yeah. And so I went, and on my first day of school, I remember all of the parents being lined up. This was first grade, and all the kids um, were either buying their lunch tokens or telling the teacher that they brought a lunch from home. And from a whole summer of watching Nickelodeon, I learned a little bit of English, and I just. <laughs> was kind of listening to what the interaction was between the teachers and the students. And she asked this question the same way every time. Like, um, I think it was like the, from home or buying like that. I knew that those were the two answers Yeah. and I knew that it was about lunch and I knew that I brought a lunch. So before she got <laughs> to me, I knew that my answer was going to be from home, but then she got to me and she knew that I didn't speak English. So she like, got down in my face and she probably said something like did you bring a lunch honey like totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so when i oh no from home (laughs) everybody started laughing everyone was laughing and i was just like this is unfair 
You change the question. I know yeah. the answer. <laughs> I look at my mom and she's laughing and so wow. no, long story short, <laughs> I did not speak English when I moved here. Wow, that's wow. a really good long story though. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of I'm very impressed with um, going from not being able to order an ice cream cone yeah. to where you are now <laughs> yeah, honestly. without like much I can formal... definitely order ice cream cones now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> definitely. For sure. Did you watch uh, Rocket Power on Nickelodeon? 100%. I love Rocket Power. It was amazing. I feel like that was a reoccurring theme last season, so yeah. since you mentioned it, I was like, oh. <laughs> wonder. Yeah. yeah I even, like, one time, you know how Twister had those little wings on his helmet? Yes. I made little wings out of Oh, my clay, God. <laughs> and I super glued them to my helmet. That is That's incredible. so cute. <laughs> I love that. So, I guess that's a perfect segue since Rocket Power is usually a big inspiration (laughs) for people to start skating. Um, What did get you into starting skating, and how old were you? It was, like, an interesting combination of things. I think before even Rocket Power uh, came along, (laughs) my brother... It might have been the first summer we were in the U.S., but my brother got a skateboard and I remember us being like at the toy store and he was like pointing to it and my dad was like I don't know immigrant family can we get you this goosebump skateboard and um sure enough he got it for him and my brother um did not let me use it because mm-hmm. he said that I didn't do it right so definitely I would steal it from him and I would ride around on my knee and I just remember like the, the sidewalk directly under my face, you know, just <laughs> right. my knees, having the time of my life. And uh, apparently I wasn't doing it right. Therefore, I was not allowed to use it. Rude. And one time we were leaving the park where my family was and where my brother brought a skateboard. And we were pulling out of the parking spot and we just hear like a really loud crack. And sure enough, it was my brother's skateboard. He left it under the car. Oh, no. It was run over. And that night, I remember him, like, holding the two pieces of his broken skateboard and, like, crying. I'm like, what is he crying about? And I was just totally judging him. Yeah. Because then we weren't in a position to get him another skateboard. He didn't take care of it, and therefore, no more skateboard for him. (laughs) And it was was a few years later that I saw skateboarding again. Mm -hmm. Um one of my friends was just kind of riding one down the street and you know it was like jersey it wasn't huge there then so it wasn't like california culture you see people probably cruising around on skateboards all the time mm-hmm. so it looked at, like this unique thing to me and i just remembered it as a thing that my brother said that i couldn't do yeah and um and i do remember with that friend we would do all like the other stuff that the rocket power kids did like we played street hockey and like <laughs> rode rode around on our bikes thinking we were some cool like butt gang or whatever yeah and, uh, <laughs> and i just asked him i'm like oh can you teach me how to do that and he just taught me how to ro- roll down his driveway mm-hmm. he also owned tony hawk pro skater love it and, yes <laughs> yeah and that, that was a huge influence, too. And I remember my other friend, who was probably, he was probably the twister in the situation. Right? Yeah. The guy 
I first saw skating was probably the auto in the situation. Okay. <laughs> and clearly I was the Reggie. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, <laughs> and so my friend who was the twister of the situation was like, well, yeah, those videos are really cool, but they just use suction cups. And I'm like, wow, really? Because we're just watching like the intro trying to prisk it here and we see like Bucky Elastic doing like a heel flip indie or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, no way. The, what the... But then how does the board flip? And then he puts it back on his feet. How does he take it off? And he's like, well, just the suction cups work that way. <laughs> oh, my God. Obviously. <laughs> this is clearly the truth. So right. So that was kind of, so funny. kind of the intro. I just kind of started yeah. with that group of kids. And we would just kind of mess around and and uh, ride around. And, but I didn't actually think those tricks were possible without said suction cups. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, until I was walking down the boardwalk of the Jersey Shore and went into a surf shop for the first time in my life and saw a video that said Tony Hawk's Trick Tips Volume 1. Yeah. And I look at my friend and I'm like, oh my god, we can learn how to do tricks on the skateboard situation. <laughs> I watched that video so many times and that was kind of the beginning. It's just obsessed with learning how to do all those things in the video. Yeah. That's awesome. I think I'm going to watch that again tonight. I know. Actually. I just thought just about inspired. that. My yeah. boyfriend has it on DVD still. And like, nice. I literally see yeah. it all the time. Wow. <laughs> that's I, awesome. Yeah. When you just said that, I was like, huh, something sparked. Yeah. I think that's going to be the theme of some, at some point this week, I'm going to watch that. Um, yeah. They explain the tricks really well, actually. I think it's also just, like, really cool to see, like, how people talk about skateboarding then versus now, regard, like, you know, yes, in the yeah. 90s and the 80s and the 70s, um, just kind of, like, the vernacular, like, seeing, like, what was, like, a difficult trick then versus now, like, what's held right. up as, like, something, like, really crazy and what's kind of, like, become, like, a more simple trick, you know? Yeah. I like uh, looking back at it and, and acknowledging that uh, Tony Hawk does all of the flat ground tricks and he does them really well yeah. alongside like Eric Costin or Mike V and I'm like oh my gosh yeah Super- <laughs> he can do it all <laughs> that's yeah. actually a really good point because you don't think of Tony Hawk, Hawk in that respect well you just don't think no, of vert yeah. skaters in that respect I think you just yeah. assume that they don't really spend their time flicking yeah. their board around so <laughs> totally <laughs> it's always nice to see yeah um, Cool. So I have, speaking of watching things, I have a confession. <laughs> um, I just watched Underexposed today. Wow. For the first time. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you even found that dinosaur of a You video. can buy it on iTunes. What? Quick podcast plug there. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that, but, but yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, you can and I did. And it was cool. worth it. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, so I guess I think I just have a bunch of questions surrounding that. Um, what sparked you making it? Well, it was <laughs> a, a combination of things. One of them was I was taking a class at USC um, called Gender in Media. Okay. And we spoke a lot about how women are portrayed in the media, especially in relation to sports or being athletic. And I guess I never really thought about it. Um, but you saw, like all, any ad that you saw from re- that was related to a female athlete wasn't really about her being athletic. Mm-hmm. It was like, 
you know, just trying to make her look pretty or pose or, um, you know, it didn't really yeah. celebrate what she had accomplished um, mm-hmm. with her sport. And that made me think a lot about kind of where we were in skateboarding in terms of, you know, girls at the time, like Lacey Baker, Alexis Sablon, Vanessa Torres, they were mm-hmm. killing it, you know, and, yeah. and um, they weren't being supported. It was like, it was at that time, Marissa Del Santo put out this amazing video part and was still considered to be flow. Yeah. And, and it seemed like there was some underlying issue in, into why, why these uh, women weren't giving, given um, any support for what they were doing, which mm-hmm. they were being progressive in women's skateboarding, but it felt like women's skateboarding wasn't acknowledged because I get it. It's all skateboarding. Yeah. Like, yes. you know, <laughs> you have to do the next biggest stair set or whatever. Yeah. And then around that same time, um, I was hoping to be, uh, to skate in the X games and I got mm-hmm. super close to it. Um, and it That's seemed like point. at the time, like the only way for these girls and women to, uh, to pursue skateboarding was through competition. Like that was the only mm-hmm. sort of like acknowledgement um, yeah. that they could get for their abilities um, and for how they've pushed themselves. And so, you know, I was super into doing contests and, and still am. I really um, like it. And um, and so I, I really wanted to do the X Games Vert event. Mm-hmm. And I was an alternate one year. And just was really excited that I'd gotten that far and got to skate the practices, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd just moved from, from New Jersey to California. And uh, the following year, I even, like, I basically organized my entire class schedule to see how many times I can drive down from L.A. to San Diego to skate vert and, you know, <laughs> just try to get better yeah. and maybe not be just an alternate the following year. Yeah, that's so rad. And, and, yeah, honestly. Yeah, and, Dude, it, it was fun. Like, don't get me wrong. That's yeah. not why I skate. <laughs> yes. Love it and appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with having, like, goals and dreams. No, definitely. It. So, then I, uh, I, like, made this video and I sent it to Mimi Noop, who was, like, organizing the invite list. Mm-hmm. And I kind of didn't hear from her, but I thought the video was, like, pretty good. And then I saw her and she just, like, She's kind of like get all serious when we were speaking. She's like, dude, your video is really good. Like, I definitely like had you on there as being like an official competitor this year. Mm-hmm. And she goes, but they just told us that women's first was canceled. And it yeah. just like it, it didn't, it didn't, it almost didn't register. It's just yeah. like, wait, how could someone like cancel this thing that at the time was kind of the the main way that if your girl. Mm-hmm. skating transition like that's how you can be like a pro skateboarder yeah. right totally um because even like someone like Lindsay adams or Kara beth burnside like they were still on flow like they didn't have boards with their names on it like this was before hoopla so yeah. it's like the only way that you can be a pro skateboarder or whatever is mm-hmm. to be like an x games competitor yeah. or get invited to these big events and uh and so that was canceled and i was I was so shocked, and that wasn't the only event that year that was canceled. It was like, mm-hmm. Dew Tour canceled their women's divisions, wow. like the girls' combi event got canceled. I know they mm-hmm. still had women's street next games, uh, which was awesome, mm-hmm. but it just seemed like all of a sudden the ways in which women could 
could pursue skateboarding were totally dwindling. And I didn't understand why, because I'd go to the park, I felt like I saw more girls every day. You know, I went from always being the only girl at the skate park to like, oh, wow, there's another girl. Oh, wow, there's three more girls. Oh, wow, like, look at at Lizzie Armanto. She's doing stuff like no girls have ever done before. Mm -hmm. And, like, look at Alicia Lee. She's doing the same. And there was all this progression going on. And obviously, I'm mostly talking about transition skaters because that was the world that I was yeah. So, And um, this was also for so reference if, like, someone hasn't seen it. It's, like, 2011, 12 you're talking about, correct? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 2010 was the year everything was canceled. And then mm-hmm. I just remember going home that summer, going to New Jersey, and I was just so, like, upset. Yeah. And uh, and I just didn't understand why this, why this was happening. And I was like, dude... Does, do the people making these decisions, maybe they don't see that women skateboarding is growing. Like, there are more girls skating every day, and their girls are pushing the abilities and the level of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And like, shouldn't those two things equate to more opportunities versus almost no opportunity? Yeah. And so, I remember, like... <laughs> yes, that's, I just, a, that's a good question. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, I was like, well, maybe there's a way to show that this is happening and maybe they just don't see it it was yeah. like before instagram yeah which again makes me feel old saying that but it was like <laughs> before instagram and i don't think people were like youtubers and stuff yet so it seemed like the only way that you can okay um, kind of move forward in what you were doing was through the gatekeepers of you know the brands or mm-hmm. the event um, yeah creators totally um, or the magazines um so i just remember getting really upset and deciding that I was going to interview people with my iPhone and then collect clips from girls, like, from the internet or whatever, and show that there's a ton of girls skating all over the world, um, and they're getting better every day, mm-hmm. and I would juxtapose that with what the people in the industry thought was happening, which was, it didn't, you know, they didn't see that change and that growth, yeah. you know, they were... Um, they were in the office or going on trips with the dudes. And like I said, there wasn't that social media of, uh, where they could see that growth unless they were like actually out at the parks or, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, seeing it firsthand. So it kind of started like that. Like I was just angry one summer and, and decided <laughs> to like film an interview with my iPhone or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just kind of evolved into this, uh, into a lot of, something that was a lot bigger than I ever thought it could be yeah. because I had I had no film experience you could probably tell you definitely <laughs> could tell. I had no film experience I had no editing experience like I kind of learned everything at the on the fly because yeah. um, it just felt like a, a message that needed to get out there mm-hmm. yeah I love that yeah I think it held up pretty well I wasn't like oh no <laughs> what happened yeah, like, here what so, am I watching I would give yourself a little bit more credit um, that's the really first, cool. The first time uh, that we showed, like, a test screening, it was, like, in one of my classes. It was, like, a sports and culture class or something. My professors let me do a screening. And it was essentially, like, it was, like, a, a paper, but in video form. Yeah. So it was just, like, people's quotes um, uh, talking about women skateboarding and then visuals of it. And then it wasn't until... Uh, the producer who who I met along the way filming 
Brian Lynch. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you need to put your story into it. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. I mean, yeah. also embarrassing. Like, I don't want to do that. But then, like, the more, the more like, test screenings that we mm -hmm. had, and one of the people were like, this is cool, and it's really interesting, but um, it doesn't, like, you can't really watch it like a like a film or a movie and it doesn't really give any context to it and it's almost yeah. like why should people care if there's not like a story to it yeah it gives like For some long. context and like how like these things relate to someone on a personal level through your story yeah, yeah so I was a bit reluctant about that because um, mm -hmm. it's like oh I'm gonna make this documentary about myself <laughs> yeah I don't think but. it felt that way though I think it was like a really cool balance of you know, questioning what's going on in the skateboarding industry, um, especially like the contest industry and the shoe and clothing mm -hmm. board industries, um, and then how that kind of related to like your story. Well, thank you for saying that. I'm glad uh, <laughs> that it it turned down turned out okay. I uh, definitely <laughs> had nightmares uh, before the first like official screening that uh people would just like fall asleep like that we'd turn all the Aww. lights on everyone would sleep and be like oh what what just happened <laughs> no. i feel like that's so natural that's yeah. like uh, the running joke is that i never listen to the podcast yeah. because like i can't imagine how anyone could like listening to me talk <laughs> <laughs> yes oh you guys are doing really well oh well, thank you appreciate it it's needed in the space so yeah. good oh. for you guys for for making it happen i know it's um it's a lot of work, even though it might not seem like it. Balancing <laughs> audio is really challenging. Yes. That's all Adrian. Audio is so important. Like, yes. if the audio is not good, people aren't going to listen. And people yeah. don't think about that when they listen to podcasts. Yeah. You know, it's just like a yeah. reaction that they have. So I certainly admire what you guys are doing, and uh, thanks for filling that void. It's, it's definitely yeah. necessary. Well, thank, thank you. you. That is That means a lot to me, especially because I am here editing it, and I usually have no idea either, so I'm... Uh, picking up on the same sort of <laughs> vibe you were doing when you made Underexposed. Yeah, I think the fake it till, you're, till you make it mantra is definitely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah, I think there's lots of like underlining similarities of just like, yeah. well, no one else is doing this, so I guess we're gonna do it now. And that's, yeah. you know, that's it's it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's definitely a. It's a scary place to be, and there's a lot of uncertainty because you're putting a lot of your time and effort into something and not knowing if anyone's even going to listen or care. So, yes. good for you guys. People <laughs> are listening, and people do care, so Ooh, thanks for doing thank it. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely have the same, like, what's weird, too, is Quell actually, for me, started as a college project, which I'm, right. like, picking up on from you, and the same thing where I just wanted to, like, fill that void and that visibility to me, like, exact, like... Initially, when I first, you know, read about you and learned about you just through, like, searching women in skateboarding, like, truly your story inspired me so much. So I'm very excited. We're, like, kind of unpacking all of this in the making of it because, I mean, it's so natural, but it's so important towards this whole journey. Cool. Well, um, I'm glad that you're getting, I hope you're getting some college credits because I definitely finagled a way to make uh, underexposed count as some college credits. So. Oh yeah, no, when I first started it, it was my whole uh, senior thesis. So that really was, oh, uh, nice. yeah, so this was a uh, good, it was a good ground for me to then launch off after college. Now it's been like a full year or a year and a half, awesome. I guess, right? Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, I remember um, meeting with the, so I did a double major, and I met with, like, the narrative studies guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had to do, like, a senior thesis for that. And I told him, I was like, I want to make a feature-length documentary about women skateboarding. And, like, was all, like, passionate and gung-ho and talking about it. And he just goes, feature-length? Like, don't you think, like, maybe you should aim for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. And I just, like narrowed my eyes at him and yeah. just like gave him this death stare yeah like no it's going to be feature length bro <laughs> yeah you're like mm, maybe Honestly, i'll talk to someone else yeah i feel like that someone mean. saying that to me would just make me want to do it more i'd be like all right now this is definitely happening <laughs> yeah um yeah, definitely so going back to underexposed i could probably talk about this the whole time but i'm going to try and like wrap up my questions yeah. and move on oh, to good. some other things but um there's just a there's a lot of talk about like what makes someone pro what makes someone m there's a lot of like blurry lines around it um at some point you uh, became a pro skateboarder how did that work for you um yeah uh, <laughs> um so the question is What's a pro? What's an am? No. Am I a pro actually, skateboarder? Yeah. Are you a pro <laughs> skateboarder? I guess. Um, well, when did you go pro? What companies did you skate for? Were you pro like through contests? Um, well, so the thing was, when I started competing, there wasn't like a pro division or am division. Mm-hmm. It was like the girls division. Yeah. So literally, some of my first contests, I was skating against like Mimi Noob and Carabeth Burnside and Lindsay Adams and wow. people I like looked up to when I started skateboarding. So it was like there was no there was no kind of easing into it. There was like, well, yeah, I either wanna do this or you don't wanna do this. So kinda just jumped in with the big guns right away. Mm-hmm. And that Yeah. Eventually, like a couple of years later, it there it evolved and there was an AM division, mm-hmm. but I was already competing with the pros, so it was like by default. Yeah. Uh, com- uh, pro by default in competition. Okay. And then, um, and then I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I actually turned pro. I got I got a board on, on what at the time was Sobriety Skateboards, which was like a local company. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, um, Jeff Falk was doing this company out of just his garage in Oceanside, and he saw me skateboarding in Encinitas one day, and mm-hmm. uh, he started flowing me boards. And then he was like, "Hey, do you want a board with your name on it?" And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I was ready for it at the time even, but obviously <laughs> felt like a dream. And yeah. um, I promised my brother, who's an illustrator, uh, that um, he would design uh, my first board or that we would design it together. So, that's awesome. Uh, we made two boards together on that company, but I don't know. I, I, it wasn't like a legit company, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and I don't have a board now, or haven't since uh, had a board with, an, with my name on it. So, But I did just get a wheel that came out last year. So, oh, that's so nice. I don't know. Maybe I'm pro, but probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it is an interesting, like, um, doesn't even matter, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right? It's like, it's an, like, does it? But. Uh-huh. It's cool. I get to skate a lot, so yeah. I mean, what more can you ask for? Exactly. Definitely. The more yeah. that the powers that be allow you to skate rather than uh, work for the man, we're happy. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's just, 
at the time where it's get, getting more complicated because, yeah. I mean, not only is it like who gets paid for what, but then mm-hmm. there are people who could technically be pro skateboarders off their like YouTube channels yeah. or their uh, paid Instagram ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, that's very true. Um, I have recently skated with the Chinese Olympic team a couple times. Wow! And they've been skate they've been on skateboards for a grand total of fifteen months. They're getting really really good, and they are paid by their government to skate. So they're they're pro skaters too, right? Wow. I mean, I I don't even know. I don't know what the yeah, that's so interesting. That's a really good point. Whoa. That's so weird. creepy. I mean, that's, that's like really creepy. <laughs> more and more people are getting uh, the so opportunity scary. to skate and be supported yeah. to keep skating and totally. doing what they love. But yeah, I mean, I guess, I think at the end of the day, if you have a board with your name on it by, um, <laughs> it's made by like a reputable company mm-hmm. in the industry with history in the industry, then, yeah. then you're pro. Like, I, I feel like that's like, still the the main measure of like gold pros. standard yeah it bordering yeah totally. yeah um cool i really appreciate the breakdown on that one yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean it's a we're in an awkward spot with skating but hey more more women are officially being turned pro yeah by legit companies and it's yeah just, it's amazing to even think about uh, underexposed because it's almost like completely irrelevant. Like that is not our present at all. It's yeah. so far from it yeah. that I just think back on it and I'm like, oh my goodness, that is amazing how far that we have come in such a short amount of time. It's just kind of exploded and yeah, um, I'm so happy to see it. It was really cool watching that now and seeing like Letizia and Lizzie and like kind of ta- you know a lot of the rhetoric in that film was like. Um, you know, girls aren't being made pro, um, if they are, it's, like, only just girls' teams, or they're the token girl, and then, like, you know, knowing now, seeing this, and being like, oh, Lizzie has her own board with Birdhouse, and Letizia with Plan B, like, this is really cool to watch. Um, what, what do you think has changed in the industry since the film? Well, I think that not only the opportunity but the acceptance of mm-hmm. self-promotion mm-hmm. in skateboarding um, has really allowed it to evolve because it it provides a measure of yeah. how many people care about girls that skate <laughs> and how many people are engaged and entertained by it mm-hmm. and how that might translate to selling more products so mm-hmm. there's like the completely logical business side of it which that I feel like the industry was afraid of for so long. Like, is it going to sell boards? Like, yeah, maybe if they're, like, really hot or something, like, maybe they could sell boards. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just kind of seeing the vibe that I got years ago. But now it's, like, it's strictly based on your abilities and uh, Mm -hmm. and mostly in your ability to be relatable and to sell products and to to move it, which is... um, which is kind of what it, what it's always been, but it's almost as though that has helped the industry accept the fact that mm-hmm. um, there there is a difference between uh, between skaters that are male and skaters that are female, mm-hmm. um, and just in abilities. Because yeah, I understand having everyone on the same plane, and like yeah, everybody wants to be a really good skateboarder. Mm-hmm. Period. 
male or female, but I mean, no other sport really puts puts um, men and women to the same exact standards. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think I think it's going to change though. Like, I feel like there's a move towards equality because yeah. ever since women have been more supported mm-hmm. in skateboarding. The ability levels like growing every day. It's yeah, insane. Definitely. So yeah, I think that this support now can lead to you know girls and guys um, both pushing the level of skateboarding on the same plane. But I mean, I think it's I think it's just been a, a shift of the industry acknowledging that mm. um, there's also there's a different audience and those people are going to buy all the things which is at the end right. of the day the bottom yeah. line is what's going to make all the all totally it's because it costs money to promote someone and send out a filmer and a photographer and mm-hmm. you know yeah, create a, a product with their name on it and you know pay them a salary or or you know whatever it is they do so i get it but yeah. you have to feel like there's going to be a return on your investment and yeah. now that companies see that there's going to be a return on their investment they're um they're putting in the support mm-hmm. yeah and Definitely. I think you are totally a voice that helped make that happen. So yeah, thank you, Legend. <laughs> it's been a it's been a group team effort, you know. Yeah, for Every, sure. There's there've been so many other there've been many women before me that have done mm-hmm. way more and are continuing to do so today. Like Mimi Noop is an example. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. You know, even Vanessa Torres or Alyssa Steamer. Yeah. You know, every, everyone has yeah, been totally. pushing it, and they kind of made it through the the tough times and you know thank god that Lacey was still able to skate while working a full-time job so that now she can finally be a pro skateboarder yeah she deserved it like a freaking decade ago yeah yeah totally yeah that's good it's ever everyone's contributed to it yes awesome what a wonderful community yeah (laughs) um big happy family (laughs) So, you clearly took the world by storm through this documentary. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. <laughs> but then your next undertaking after that, I think, was exposure, unless there was anything in between. Yeah, no, there was uh, me thinking I was just going to hang out and skate in between for like two months. Yeah, <laughs> for two months, yeah. <laughs> Probably barely. Um, no, I, I just graduated from college and started shooting the documentary and I moved down to Oceanside and someone who had seen the film approached me and uh, said well what's your next project because I like to support it oh. I was like wow really hmm, my next project well I feel like we should do an event because that was like most of what the complaining about <laughs> the complaint was about in underexposed right there in yeah. women's events and I was like oh let's do an event and uh, he goes are you sure you want to do an event? It's events are crazy. They're a lot of work. And I'm like, how much work can it be? Like I just graduated college. That was so much work. You know, so yeah. Feeling, feeling all overly confident. And, um, and two months later, we did the first ever exposure event. Ooh, and, uh, two months. Yeah, I gotta tell you events are so much work. <laughs> insane. The two Absolutely months crazy. later. And wow. All the time. And it yeah. can just drive you mad. So he was right. But I also, can imagine. Um, so that was the first, um, that was kind of the, the next step in the first exposure event. Mm-hmm. And then I met Leslie Cohen, who's a philanthropist and also 
a big supporter of women's sports and skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And she um, teamed up with me, and we decided that we wanted to make uh, the concept of what exposure was and what underexposed preached and um, create a nonprofit that would create more opportunities uh, for girls and women in skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so rad. That's so awesome. Running a nonprofit also. <laughs> yes. Paid work. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds cool. I but can. It's a lot of work. I can definitely yeah. imagine. <laughs> so, how does the nonprofit work? Well, um, so we've expanded to do more events. Like at first, we were we were doing the annual exposure event, and we were. Um, giving proceeds to survivors with domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we did, we started doing kind of like school visits, um, kind of like inspirational speaking type things, Mm -hmm. including pro skateboarders and uh, female skateboarders to kind of like get them out there and like inspire the girls. Um, And we did, we've been doing girls clinics. Mm -hmm. And then um, a few years ago, we added like a youth program called Skate Rising to um to exposure which is for girls under the age of 18 they come and they learn to skate but they also give back to a different uh community in need every month so maybe they're making bracelets for victims of bullying or the one we had the other day everyone had to bring in donations um for um babies at this orphanage in mexico Mm -hmm. and so we do that, and then we've also recently added women's clinics. Um, awesome. I've wow. met so many women recently that are genuinely interested in learning how to skate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's super inspiring and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, we've been doing clinics for them as well. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Here we are eight years later. Wow. Yeah. We're just kind of moving, moving along <laughs> and seeing what, what to add, what to subtract, and yeah. how to uh, keep fundraising. That's so exciting. That's so incredible. Yeah, that's so that's many facets wow. and like yeah. avenues that you've like, taken. Like, just I think once again, just like noting, oh, here's a need in the community. Here's how skateboarding can be a platform to help. That is a really cool model for a business or a nonprofit. Or, yeah, you know, skateboarding is amazing. I just. <laughs> I I owe my life to skateboarding at any yeah. any success I've ever had. I owe getting yeah. to meet the love of my life through skateboarding. Aww. I owe lots of joy and lots mm-hmm. of um. I, I mean, it's the kind of the reason I got into USC or the reason I tried so hard to get into college is to yeah. move to the West Coast. And <laughs> you know, I don't. I just can't even explain it. You know, yeah. skateboarding has has been my motivation for for most for probably 90% of my life, which is ridiculous and childish, but at the same time, the best thing ever. No. Yeah, I mean, I totally uh, can relate, and I know Kristen does as well, Mm -hmm. so. (laughs) Definitely. Um, I just started skateboarding, like, a year and a half ago, and I definitely have that feeling of, like, my life has changed. Like, I can define life by before and after skateboarding. (laughs) Yeah. You know? It really does kind of change you and motivate you in like very special and different ways than like anything else really can. So I t- yeah, I think most people Aww. listening will get it too. Yeah, yeah. But this is what's great about it because people that get super hooked, they just 
they just want to share it or they want to contribute some way. Like it's the reason why, you know, someone throws themselves off the next biggest stair set. They just (laughs) want to like give, give back to skateboarding, like do, you know, Mm -hmm. contribute in that way. Or the reason why people start skate companies or podcasts or nonprofits, it's this thing and we all know it, it's given us so much Mm -hmm. and we just want to figure out a way to give back. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna like I'm gonna cry. I know. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, we talk so much about like community and stuff, and it's so mm-hmm. special. It's so nice. Um, this is like a really nice segue. Actually, yeah. to my next question. <laughs> um, how do you approach being a role model for female skaters or just skaters in general, really? Well, being kind of like a nerdy person. Definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. How do I approach being a role model? I, I, I just see it like a, an opportunity to inspire other girls. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I had the opportunity to look up to like Lindsay Adams, who's actually one month younger than I am, but <laughs> she was you know, in the midst of a yeah. career when I yeah. just started skateboarding. So I think that we were very lucky to have role models and people to look up to in terms of their ability and their dedication, their commitment to skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of inspiration is priceless. So that's definitely something that I want to um, be able to contribute to um, because I know how important it is and, you know, uh, shaving your perceptions as a young girl or a young boy and uh, I think that there's you know skateboarding has had an interesting image and uh, I've always kind of believed in trying to present a more positive image within skateboarding maybe yeah. slightly cleaner one so <laughs> um, but Definitely. at the end of the day I just that's who I am and um, yeah I don't know I just want to I want, I want girls to feel like they can they can pursue what they want to pursue, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have to change who they are or change how they act or uh, or just uh, generally act a fool. Yeah, I love oh. that. <laughs> I think skateboarding definitely encourages people to act silly and like really yes. experience humanity. Yes. <laughs> yeah, silly's good. Yeah. yeah. Silly's definitely good, totally. um, but you know, there's a lot of spectrums of of what what kind of person can appreciate skateboarding. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, you can be silly, you can be a nerd, you can be a jock, you can mm-hmm. be just like a kind of punk rock type of human. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, you can be and uh, like a nine to five office person who me (laughs) you know what I mean yeah I know that uh, at a time or maybe it still is in in certain aspects skateboarding is really defensive of their image and they didn't want those other kind of those other types of skateboarders to be projected uh, within skateboarding but yeah um it's such a wonderful thing I wouldn't want someone to feel limited by their Mm -hmm. access to it just because they think that they're not the type of person who would do that yeah totally I love that. Um, 
I have one last question to ask you, but before I do that, I have two other questions. Okay. <laughs> yes. So you have three more questions. <laughs> so I have three questions, but two that are like not actual questions. One, um, do we hear a cat in the background? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, probably because I'm sitting next to where her wheel is. So, like, imagine a hamster wheel, but cat size. No way. For real. Just change the game. She likes to run on that when she really wants a treat. And if I don't acknowledge her running on it, she starts yelling in her very cat like uh, voice. She's a Bengal, so they're very, very vocal. And uh, really like to express their feelings That's amazing. a lot. Wow. <laughs> Loudly. So. That's great. No, I actually really yeah. love hearing her because um, we were Adrian, yeah. Adrian's cat jumped on the keyboard of the computer yeah. like, while you were like mid telling a story, so we couldn't like, say no! anything. We like silently oh grab God. her. That's so funny. I love cats. Yeah. Aww. Wednesday's a, a pretty consistent guest. She's on the third the host, podcast. I think. Yeah. The podcast. Oh, her name is Wednesday. Yeah, I found her uh, on a Wednesday, so that's Aww. that's the whole story. I imagine it was inspired by Adam's family, but that's an even better reason. I usually get that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, because I also have very long black center parted hair, so it, that's usually what people think of. That's fair. That's very fair. That's awesome. I love that. That's perfect. She's like your spirit animal, huh? I think so. I do think so. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then my next question is, is there anything else that you want to share or any advice that you want to impart on our listeners or anyone that wants to start skateboarding? Um, (laughs) yeah, I just, uh, I just want to thank anybody out there who's contributed to skateboarding in any way, shape or form, especially the growth and development of women's skateboarding. So that obviously includes the two of you and your podcast. Thank you very much. Um, So thank you for doing that. Definitely a big thank you. Shout out to Leslie Cohn, who's the co-founder of Exposure Skate. She is an amazing Mm -hmm. woman. Um, and advice, uh, really honestly, my my own my best piece of advice and my cheesiest piece of advice is to just um pursue what you're passionate about and don't let uh any other people's ideas or concepts of what they think you should be doing get in your way because um i believe that people have passion <laughs> for a reason yeah like i'm yeah. passionate about my cat so yeah. <laughs> And your cat is passionate about you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, Aww. honestly, I feel like... Um, <laughs> see, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So, you say it, Indy. Big, big meows. Where are you going? Oh, Indy. She's just staring at me, standing she's... next to her wheel. You're going to hear her running on it. She's like, oh, Mom. She's just doing like, like a mild walk. Oh, I, lo- I need to honestly get a visual of this i'm gonna youtube a lot of videos after this <laughs> cat wheels um, that's amazing um, so my cat's very passionate about her wheel and yes it leads her to her to getting rewarded yes essentially the metaphor for this yeah for skateboarding so, in general do, do what you love and you will be rewarded yes <laughs> that's <Aww>. beautiful <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Real quick, where can people find you on the internet? Ooh, I've been really bad at updating things. Um, 
recently. But you can follow me on Instagram at Amelia Brodka or follow Exposure Skate on Instagram or check out the Exposure Skate website at exposureskate.org. Awesome. Or if you want to uh, watch a really old movie, you can uh, find uh, Underexposed on iTunes. Yes, <laughs> you can. Amazing. Thanks, Amelia. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.